This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnia Saleh and Hani Balkis. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse95. This is the one and only place where we bring you the latest in robotics, artificial intelligence, gadgets, and applications. All that you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world is being brought to you right here on Pulse95. We have a packed day filled with tech stories happening right here in Sharjah and in different parts around the world. Yes, indeed. And we're going to be talking about hackers and how they're using a fake version of Netflix in Arabic for phishing attacks. Now, those who don't know what a phishing attack is, it's basically a website that looks like the actual website, but indeed it is not. This is a very big risk because I don't know anyone who does not watch different movies and shows on Netflix. So now that it's uh, being ambiguous and making its very own costume in Arabic, that's definitely something we will be telling you all about. But coming up on Future Talk as well, WhatsApp is making headlines as they finally announce their long-awaited feature of being able to mute chats with their new option called Always. Yes, indeed. Before you could, uh, I think, mute it for one year or yes. one month or one day. <laughs> and uh, I would always get that one-year uh, update say, hey... <laughs> The, the, the WhatsApp chat is back online, but now it's always, so you're never going to have to redo that option. But uh, Omni and I are very big on cyber safety and anti-bullying, and today we have a very, very special guest. Yes, indeed. We're talking all about fighting cyberbullying with kids, tweens, and even adults, and what is its impact on our mental health, but as well on our digital footprint, because joining us today is the cyber safety advocate and the founder of Beat the Cyberbully right here in the UAE, Mr. B- Barry Lee Cummings, who's going to be telling us all about the different impacts of cyberbullying and where is it, you know, where is it concentrated mm-hmm. at? Also, very interesting facts about the youngest age, the average youngest age of when a child gets their very first smartphone. It happens to be uh, one of the most unique around the world right here in the UAE. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for this interview. Lots and lots is in store. Yes, very pumped to talk about this topic because uh, you guys know I'm a big advocate on these topics and very against cyberbullying as it does have very, very, very negative effects on the person and people online. We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we got everything you need to know right here on Pulse95. Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Very important news happening in the tech world now. If you watch Netflix a lot and you use Netflix a lot now, I know a lot of people, every night they need to watch Netflix before they go to sleep. But today we're talking about how hackers are using a fake version of Netflix in Arabic for phishing attacks. Now, those who don't know what a phishing attack is, it's basically a fake website that does resemble the actual website where they do kind of disguise the the website for you to put your credentials in and then stealing your account. Now, researchers at Kaspersky Cybersecurity Solutions have recently discovered a group of phishing attacks that does exploit a malicious website, which is disguised as the Arabic language Netflix page. Now, this is definitely very tough news for all those who rely on subtitles or even are basically speak uh, their mother tongue 
Arabic, that's all. They don't know English because they'll definitely be very intrigued to try out this webpage. However, the catch is it is not real. It's a fake website that hackers have done to basically be able to attract uh, a lot of users and steal their credentials. Now, security researchers at Kaspersky have definitely confirmed that the personal information and all the data that you add on the website to your digital accounts have become the most valuable digital product at present. They are the catch that every hacker is going for. And through using this fake website, hackers are trying to retrieve all of your login details of your Netflix accounts so that they can also have access to your credit card details. Yes, Omnia. Now, uh, if you didn't, if you guys didn't know, on the dark web, which is kind of uh, the, the web that not a lot of people know how to get to or even use, and I don't recommend going onto it, uh, Netflix accounts are the most traded accounts mm. because a lot of people actually only don't know this. But they could be uh, they, their account could be used by someone, and they don't know at all. Mm. Now, a lot of people would find find out when Netflix was trying to kind of catch on those people who share accounts. Yeah, and they're saying, "Hey, you don't live in China. Why are you using <laughs> an account in China? Using your account in China?" So, um, I mean, you guys do need to kind of make sure you 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 have your accounts up to date and know which website you're going to and logging into your credentials to. Now. If you do suffer an attack of this, number one, you don't open any link that you're not sure is it's, it's you're not sure it's the yeah. authentic real website. Mm-hmm. Now, this data can be sold on the dark web. We did establish that. But the thing is that sometimes these websites would say, hey, your account is locked. And to uh, kind of confirm that you are the owner of this account, please give us your credit card details that was last used mm-hmm. on the subscription of this account and give us your username and password and your last three recovery questions. And thus, once they have those those details, you're basically done for. Exactly. And a lot of the times what we've been seeing, uh, especially with social media platforms and now Netflix, is when these accounts are hacked into, hackers will actually ask for ransomware to give you your credentials or new credentials back. So that's, again, a big uh, no-no when it comes to dealing with hacks. Mm. So if you, God forbid, were hacked, don't go ahead and pay any amount of money to restore your account. Or even if they try to resort to blackmail, make sure that you go ahead and report all these uh, attacks to the right uh, areas. Uh, now, yes. to make sure that you keep your Netflix account secure, we're going to be giving you a few tips that will help keep your personal information mm. safe. First off, make sure that you are using a unique password to your Netflix account. And more importantly, make sure that you are changing it regularly. Yes, indeed. And do not use the same password on Netflix that you use for other websites or apps. I'm guilty now, of that. I now, a lot of people do make the same mistake as you do, Omnia. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have one password, one email, and they use it to log into all of their accounts. Now, it's great because it's you don't forget. To it's easy to, for, uh, yeah. to memorize and you don't forget it. But the thing is that if someone does kind of compromise one account, they have access to all your other accounts mm-hmm. just by this simple this simple way. So make sure your Netflix account is has a different password and your password should be unique to Netflix and not used for other websites and should it be at least eight characters long. Yes, indeed. So eight characters long and make sure that these eight characters are not just all letters or all numbers. So make a combination of letters, numbers, and even symbols. Also, a very great tip would be to differentiate the different letters by using uppercase and lowercase letters the harder your password is the harder it is for a hacker to get access into your account Mm. and that brings us to the very last point yes and how to avoid these phishing attacks now a lot of people do recommend a number of steps that people can take 
to avoid falling victim to phishing attempts. Now, the most important one is to always verify the website or web address contained an unknown or unexpected message, whether it is the address of the website or even a hyperlink attached to that message. Hyperlink is something like a, like a, a, URL link, a, a link that mm-hmm. is masked with, for example, Netflix.com. Mm. It's a, it, that's how it's masked. Now, do avoid entering your login data when you're not sure if the, ops, the website is authentic. However, if you do accidentally, immediately change your password and contact your bank or payment service provider if you do suspect that the card details have been compromised. Exactly. And a lot of the times what we've been seeing is websites tend to be disguised as YouTube.com, as official. A lot of the times even YouTubers get official emails from YouTube and Google that are not real and they go ahead and enter their login information and bam, their accounts have been compromised. So the most important tip to take away from from uh, from these attacks that we've been seeing is to never ever given your username or password websites will not ask for them at least legitimate ones and more importantly make sure you don't put easy passwords your birthday your address your f- cell phone number this is not you know this is not a hard password for hackers uh, to guess but let's move on to talk about whatsapp yes and how it now lets you mute chats forever with its new always option now the always option is to replace the earlier one-year option now before we did have a one-year option to mute a chat or group chat now if notifications in whatsapp chat groups disturb you well facebook has finally came out and said listen stop no more (laughs) one years you not you now have the forever option and you can always 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 mute these chats now the question is if you're having to renew the mute option every year why why are you even in the group to begin with i mean it, it's time for you to go ahead and detox your whatsapp chats <laughs> no i think it's uh they, they like to call in arabic the arabic saying mujamili oh yeah yes being nice to Be- people <laughs> being nice to people i mean i'm i don't care there's a lot of groups that i'm in that i don't care for but i'm just in it because if i leave the group I might stir a little bit drama. Oh, that's that's a good one. Um, users across the globe have definitely been very happy with WhatsApp's latest update. They're happy to see the always option on their t- m- option to mute the certain chat. WhatsApp has been testing this feature for quite some time in the beta version, but now it's officially rolled out to any user. Now, uh, as we mentioned, you can go ahead and check out these uh, or this new feature on the settings. It's available for both iOS and Android devices as well as on the WhatsApp web. To be able to mute the chat, all you'll have to do is uh, go to the mute notifications and press on always. But after you do that, you can rest assured that you're never going to get any more text messages from that group chat that you just are not interested in. Yes, and if you don't know how to mute a chat forever, we'll tell you how. First, all you have to do is open the chat and tap on the menu option on the top right. Then select mute notifications. You will then see three options to mute the chat with the last one being always Mm -hmm. selected press ok and you're on your merry way yes indeed let us know who or which chats would you go ahead and use the always chat option with is it your co-workers group is it your groups in university is it you know a lot of mothers tend to have a lot of uh, mommy chat groups so is that where you're planning to use your always mute option send in your thoughts and share with us uh, your ideas at 4215 do it a lot or sign into our dms at pulse 95 radio coming up we're talking all about cyber safety and how to avoid cyber bullying with the one and only barry lee cummings cyber safety advocate and the founder of uh, cyber safety right here in the UAE yes, or indeed. beat the cyber bully right here in the UAE. Keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95.
This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. During the COVID-19 pandemic, many classes have been moved online. But for all the live classes that were happening online, some painful elements of the school life have also transitioned online. Cyberbullying has been on the rise before lockdown and things only got worse as children and adults starting spent started spending endless hours with their eyes glued to a computer screen. We protect ourselves from COVID-19 by wearing face masks, following all the precautionary measures, but what are we doing to protect ourselves and our children from cyberbullying. Joining us today is a cyber safety advocate and the founder of Beat the Cyberbully, Barry Lee Cummings. Thanks a lot for joining us today, uh, Mr. Barry. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. The pleasure is all ours, Barry. Now let's start and talk about what is cyberbullying and its impact on tweens, teens and parents of those youngsters as well. Yeah, so it's a good, good, good place to start. Cyberbullying is the uh, harassment or bullying um, that used to take place offline that now happens in the online space, whether that's across social media platforms, uh, things like uh, VOIP platforms as well, but also your instant messages and even in emails and, mm. and SMSs as well. So it's the, the continuation of that, if you like, because in some cases it can happen as a one-off and that might well be a negative experience. Mm. But the real differentiator with cyberbullying is that the this is an ongoing thing that unfortunately, especially for young people today, they can't get away from. Uh, and that's really where the damage is being done. Because traditionally, pre-internet uh, and social media, if, if bullying was taking place, it took on a physical mm. component. And when mm. school ended, it ended as well. There was a safe haven to go go home to, literally to go home. Uh, but today, of course, uh, home isn't always um, safe either because they've got their devices, they've got their, their tablets. Uh, and now with COVID and the online distance learning, they're pretty much, as you said, on it all of the time, mm. which means that unfortunately cyberbullying can become really pervasive in some young people's lives. Absolutely. Now, many studies uh, have definitely suggested that 20% of bullying takes place uh, at school now. The rest is all happening online. And we tend to hear a lot the saying that hurt people tend to hurt others. Is this true with cyberbullying? And are children more inclined to, bull to bully others online versus doing it in person? They, they are to a certain extent because they still believe that there's less repercussions. So uh, the some statistics out there suggest that about 80% of tweens uh, have uh, engaged in cyberbullying because they find it easier to hide from their parents, uh, that there's no uh, repercussions for their actions, and so they're engaging with it, sometimes not from a malicious perspective, sometimes it's an exploratory uh, exercise, obviously it's not one that we want to encourage, uh, but then of course there are some whereby um, bullying of any sort is a, a power exchange and if I say something negative to you in the digital space and you come back to me uh, arguing the point then you put the power straight back into my into my ballpark because I think oh I'm getting to you so I mm. send something else to try and keep that going and then unfortunately what tends to happen is that this isn't a private conversation that we're having this is happening in a, mm. uh, a school year group whatsapp group so you've got a hundred students on there uh, and then a few other people decide to join in and suddenly that individual is being targeted by um, a lot of people that they maybe know, they don't know that well, but they're in their school. Um, and so it, it becomes a very damaging experience for them because it's so easy for people to get involved. Um, and a lot of young people still believing that it's not as harmful because, uh, and this is the feedback we've had from, from counsellors and so forth, they're in their offices saying, but it's just words. Mm. What, what harm could be done? It's just words. 
Uh, and that's a really uh, important part that we need to sort of reverse that idea for our young people to help them understand just how damaging their words can be, um, especially when they are repeated over and over again mm. and that young person just can't get away from them. Yes, now we know that social media has always given voice to those who couldn't actually voice their opinions uh, in real life and they didn't have the confidence to come out and say what they say online in real life. So it does kind of give those bullies or people who would never dare to say that word in real life online. And I, I, I personally believe that uh, we do need restrictions online and we need to teach our kids how to behave online because we see a lot and even some, some, some influencers are guilty of that. They would make fun of one another True. and think that it's okay to do that. Absolutely. It is, yeah, and this is something where we also have to be very careful where we draw the line with what cyberbullying is because there's differences of opinion, and that's fine. Um, th these things can happen online, but what we've seen is unfortunately Unfortunately, we seem as a society to have lost the ability to have a civil discussion about it, even though we might not agree on it. Mm. Uh, and what tends to happen in the online space is you get the two ends of the spectrum shouting the loudest. And of course, those ends of the spectrum, by definition, are the extremes. Yes. Uh, and so you've got somebody that's really trying to antagonize somebody. And there's those people in the middle that are not being heard. Um, but you're quite right in that it, it's given the wonder of the internet and social media is it's given everybody a, a voice but as a tool and that's all it is um it's the human issue where a human being can decide to use that tool for good or they can decide to use it for bad and we absolutely need to educate our children as to how they're utilizing this tool and we want to start flipping the conversation from negative from inappropriate to positive Hi. really mm -hmm. emphasizing how they can use this uh, incredible tool at their disposal to go and do whatever they want they can connect with people uh, you know other school children across the other side of the world they can get insight into different cultures into different beliefs um, and they also have the opportunity to produce massive amounts of content about the areas of interest that they really have and that they are passionate about that they love and if we can start to encourage them to start producing that content from a younger age instead of spending their time sending inappropriate content on snap mm. or getting involved in things like cyberbullying, then they're going to create a really positive environment around themselves and if we can all start to do this then we can actually start to maybe create a more positive space in the online area because as you know unfortunately for some reason or another um, it's it's a really negative space when mm. you go online it, it's hard not to see people having a go at each other as adults um, and so what, what chance do our children have if, if that's what they see going on in the online space by their their so-called peers their parents uh, and the, the people they're supposed to be looking up to to guide them absolutely and i love how you mentioned that social media is definitely a double-edged sword mm. you can use it for good and you can use it for bad mm. and this is exactly why we're going to be coming back to talk about uh, some of the motives that cyberbullies tend to have and where are the hot spots uh, where cyberbullying tends to happen is it the comment section on different social media platforms is it the group chats and what can parents do to help prevent that if you have any questions for barry lee cummings make sure you send them in at 4215 do it or slide into our dms at Pulse 95 Radio. Keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnia Al Saleh and Hany Balkis.
How old is the average child in the UAE when they get their very first phone? And when should a child get their very first phone? That is definitely a question that we asked all of you on our Instagram at Pulse95 Radio. And we've had some very interesting answers. About 40% said it was 7 years old or younger. And about 60% thought that only kids who are 12 years and above tend to get a phone or their first phone right here in the UAE. And I'm I'm interested to tell you all the right answer because joining us today is a cyber safety advocate and the founder of Beat the Cyber Bully, Barry Lee Cummings, who's going to be telling us all about how we can keep our children safe online as well as how can we uh, fight cyber bullying and what are the motives behind it. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today, uh, Mr. Barry. Thanks again for having me. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Now, uh, recently we were talking about cyberbullying and uh, its impact on teens and teenagers in general. But let's talk about the other risks that youngsters do face online, including security risks. So, uh, what? yeah. Yeah, so, sorry, the, um, in terms of there, the, the cyberbullying is one element that definitely we, yeah. we have to address, but there are so many other scenarios that unfold in the online space for our young people, especially because they're so busy doing stuff, mm-hmm. um, they're not necessarily paying attention, so there are things where they get themselves into situations where they're, uh, first of all, talking to people that they don't know. Uh, a big thing for young people is to get onto a number of these channels out there that are specifically designed to talk to strangers and not only just talk to them, but video chat with them. Mm. Um, and they get themselves into the scenarios whereby they say things or share things that they shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then unfortunately they get um, effectively black blackmailed if they don't send them money, for example, mm. or if they don't send them more of this inappropriate content then the, the perpetrator is going to share that information True. with their school, family, uh, WhatsApp groups. Um, and the, it, it, it feeds into sort of something that you were talking about earlier around the hacks and scams that are going around is that there's a lot of scams being pushed through whatsapp for for young people who are playing games offering them uh, you know in-game upgrades and so forth for an amazing deal mm. and as soon as they click on that link then malware is installed on their uh, devices which can either close down the, the device or more likely is installed something that's then monitoring software uh, monitoring passwords and children uh, what you're putting in there yeah the children would do anything to get to that next level you know when you're playing a game it does not matter the means as long as they get to that goal it does not matter what they have to click on exactly and to, so so to a tween mind it's it, it's inevitable it's a no-brainer of course mm. i'm gonna somebody's gonna give me you know five thousand v bucks in Fortnite, and i'm gonna have to pay a dollar then i'm <laughs> clicking that link and they're, they're getting that link in whatsapp or they're getting it in the in-app uh, or the in-game uh, chat function and of mm. course they're not really 100 percent focusing on it they just see the offer and to their teen or tween brain it's a great offer mm. click and the damage is done and, and that's where we need to talk to them just about um, reining it back a little bit and concentrating on what they're doing in the online space and, and then thinking about where they're about to click and more importantly what information they're actually sharing about themselves in these different scenarios mm-hmm. without consciously thinking about it things like their name and, and their mm-hmm. school and their birthday and their phone numbers that these people out there that are very clever at getting them to share this information without them thinking they're even sharing something they shouldn't yes. be that comes from social engineering now i i believe that uh, social engineering is one of the biggest risks that we have online because that person would think that he's having a conversation he or she's having a conversation with that person but they're actually kind of taking information from them, just like you said, unwillingly or unknowingly. So can you kind of tell us how social engineering works? 
So there's there's a number of different ways that social engineering sort of reveals itself, if you like. But one of the most common ones is um, is, is called masquerading, if you like, where somebody is pretending to be somebody that they are not. Mm. Uh, this is particularly relevant with with young uh, children, where unfortunately there's a predatory nature out there that they are pretending to also be a uh, a nine year old or ten year old who's also going through the same thing mm. that that person has put out there. Uh, with the sole um, the, the sole reason for them doing that is to then either try and get something out of them from a, a financial perspective, or to to extort something from mm-hmm. them, uh, and it's done through uh, through relationship building. It's about connecting to that young person on a, a level that they feel that is right for them and this is the 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 issue with this generation the next generation is that they're so used to putting every single thought out there how however they feel at any moment in the day it gets snapped or instagrammed or tweeted or whatever and and so there's a very clear picture of exactly how they're feeling that day uh, which makes it very easy for somebody who is looking to to groom a young person or to to socially engineer a situation Mm. to tap into that because it's all about then if I get a message from somebody that looks like it's somebody that I would recognize and yeah. they're saying things where I'm thinking, you know what, that he does recognize or it does, he does or she does understand exactly what I'm going through because she's also or he's also a 10 year old and he's down the, yes. down the road at the other school. OK, well, I feel like I can talk to that person. And of course, the floodgates open and I share all this information and that's exactly what they want to happen. And it's it's a business for, for for those kind of people it's it's a multi-million dollar business and that's why we have to start talking to our young people about what they're doing in the online space and, and giving themselves time to think and it's one of our catchphrases take time to think mm. is that when you're going at 100 miles an hour just just put the brakes on a little bit and slow down to say like 80 mm. uh, miles an hour <laughs> and just look around and, and just see does it feel right are, are you doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing because most of our tweens and teens they do know the difference yeah. between right or wrong and they'll recognize and they that they'll recognize that you know maybe this is a red line that i shouldn't cross but it's just because they're the social the social engineering tactics are just too good oh, that yeah. they can't fall for they can't but fall for them over oversharing yeah. i see that a lot of people do overshare online and and give a window to their personal life and uh, i want to talk about the repercussions of letting someone know your personal details and thus doxing comes in in play yeah absolutely doxing is something i think everybody should be aware of uh, mm-hmm. that it can only happen if you have already put a lot of this information about who you are out there. But the reality is for all of us, children and adults alike, because we've all been online for for effectively so long now, at some point we've probably put this information out there. And doxing is whereby, um, you know, I have a a different opinion to to what you've said on uh, on air, for example, and I I decide to to call in and I say, no, I disagree with you. And then you, you say, okay, well, you're entitled to your opinion. But I'm so... Um, so uh, offended by what you've said that I decide, right, well, I'm, uh, my way of getting my revenge on you is to find out as much personal information about you and then share it publicly mm-hmm. online. And that can involve things like your, your residential address, your phone number, your credit card numbers, uh, social security if you're in a country that has that kind of thing. All of this personal details whereby there are many different uh, fallout from, from that in terms of you've got people actually coming up outside of your house mm-hmm. and trying to break in. and Calling your parents. You've got calling your parents you've got spam calls coming through on your phone you've got false or fraudulent use of your credit card because now your credit card number has been put out there 
um, there's so many uh, scenarios that can unfold by doing that and, and that's and unfortunately it's a way that people are taking to uh, you know taking cancel culture to the ultimate extreme mm. whereby I'm, I'm, I can effectively destroy your life by doing this hundred uh, percent that's the, you know that's the goal of some people out there and, and it comes back to this idea that unfortunately as a tool people will use it for good and then there's going to be people that decide to use it for bad hundred percent now uh, the big question that everyone is waiting for the answer is what is the perfect age for a child to get their very first phone and what is the average age right here in the UAE? Yeah, so uh, we have a, a, a dubious title, if you like, <laughs> on the ground here in the UAE as having one of the youngest ages uh, that ch- children get a phone and it's actually the age of seven. Oh um, God, so a lot of people is, guess wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, and this is very interesting and very indicative of the gap Mm. of knowledge that we're trying to plug here of, of when people feel uh, children get them but if you walk uh, again if you're when we're allowed to and as we're allowed to now walk around them all yeah. um, you look around and, and look up from your own device for a mm-hmm. start and look at everybody else um, you see how many young people and how many children are in prams or in the, the, the plastic cars that get pushed around and what have they got in front of them mm. they've got an ipad or they've Absolutely. got a screen and of course, if they've been given that screen at age three or four, by the time they get to seven, they're very accustomed to it and of course starting to want their own. Do they need one? In my opinion, no. Mm. Uh, there, there's no reason why a seven, eight or nine-year-old would need one. And in my personal opinion is that as long as you can wait to give your child a smart device, wait. A lot of parents uh, it's, may it's, think though it's like a form of security, you know, just to know where their child is at. And there's always the argument between giving them a smartphone and giving them a mobile so where yeah. where do the lines uh, cross in that perspective? And I think that's exactly it, is that if you as a parent are worried about them in terms of con- con- contactability and so mm-hmm. forth, then you, they don't necessarily need a smartphone to do that. They can have a feature phone and the, the, the SMS and the call functions work on those. Now, a lot of people say, yeah, but I want to be able to WhatsApp them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a personal decision because the, the thing that every parent needs to be aware of is if you give your child a smart device, then you need to be prepared for them to have access to things that you potentially don't want them to have access to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Unless you're in a position to lock that phone down to to make it safe in your opinion. But at the same time, there's a way of being 100% safe when you're connected to the internet. So it, it comes back to each individual family's uh, personal preference. Mm-hmm. I would advise that the longer you can leave it, the better for a young person. Because as much as they might tell you that they desperately need the latest you know, iPhone or Android device, Every reason they give you, there is a counter argument in terms of, you know, I need it in my room for um, an alarm clock. Well, yeah. you can have an alarm <laughs> clock. Or I need it so I can read. Well, here's a book. The excuses uh, you know, are endless. There's hundreds of thousands of them, but there's always an alternative to them. And in terms of giving your child a device, you, you again, need to decide do they actually need this and in my opinion they don't need it but there are options out there and admittedly mm. on the ground here in the uae some of the options that are available in the states for example are not here but there's things like the gab phone which has almost like the walkie-talkie connectivity mm. that you can contact your child but doesn't need to be connected to the internet so they don't have to have whatsapp and instagram and snap on there as well mm. um and then there there is the the old-fashioned um you know call them the, the dumb phone versus the <laughs> smartphone but if it really is about connectivity and contacting them then call them or allow them to call you uh, or allow them to send an sms and most of the um 
you know, the phone providers have a, a package that includes SMS and local minutes. So that there, answers that question in terms of being able to contact them. There's definitely a lot of ways around it. And this is exactly what we're going to be coming back to talk about. What can we do? What can parents do? And how can they instill certain values uh, and characteristics in their children to make them at least as much as they can cyber bullying proof? If you have any questions for Barry Lee Cummings, we will be taking all of them in just a few moments. So make sure you send them in at 4215. Do it this a lot or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. This is Pulse95. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Despite doing our best to keep our, cat- our kids safe, sometimes cyber bullies still get through. And while schools are closed and parents are trying to help keep their kids with their schoolwork and hold down full-time jobs, and as parents either send their kids to school or even tackle with or deal with the hybrid uh, form of education that's been uh, recently available, where kids go to school a few days a week and then they come back home and do online learning for the rest of the week, it's no surprise that parents are definitely juggling way too many balls in their hands. However, things can definitely change and we can help our kids strengthen themselves to stand up to those cyber bullies. Joining us today is the cyber safety advocate and the founder of Beat the Cyber Bully, Mr. Barry Lee Cummings. Thanks a lot for joining us today and I'm sure every parent and every child out there tuning into us right now would want to know what can they do uh, to help put an end to cyber bullying or at least be immune to it. It's a great question, and I think the the main thing that we can do around this subject is to increase our levels of education and awareness around what's actually going on in the digital space, space, both as children, but I think most importantly also as parents. Uh, Our children are looking at us as parents to help guide them, whether we think they are or they're not, and the one thing that they're doing is they're copying us. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I would say is to make sure that we are modeling appropriate behavior in front of our children. Uh, I'm guilty of it just like everyone else where you've got one child in one hand and what's in your other hand, a smart device. And you're just doing that email or you're just checking that, you're just doing something. And of course, that other the child is looking at you and saying, well, okay, he's got me, but he's got this thing in his, in his hand. And that's obviously very important. Uh, and so we have to think about how we use the technology in front of our children because if we're on our phone all day, every day, it's not going to be a big surprise when it comes to uh, a certain age that they're saying, well, I want a phone, uh, I'd like a phone. And then when they do get a phone they're then copying exactly as we did and they're on it eight hours a day Mm. so we have to think about how we use our technology and most importantly what we say and do on the technology so things like whatsapp for example very important think about how you talk to people in your whatsapp chats Mm. because people say well how is my child going to see what i say in a whatsapp chat but if you think about this how many times has you as a parent potentially given your phone to your child just to keep them quiet for five minutes or ten minutes And of course, they're very curious and they'll come outside of whatever that you gave them to look at and they'll click on things and they'll see certain things. They'll see the language that you use to talk to your friends. And of course, as an adult, you talk a different way to an eight or 10 year old. But when the 10 year old sees that language, of course, they mimic it and they'll absorb it at the worst, most inappropriate time. yeah, and then they'll repeat it at school or at a family gathering and everyone will look at you as they're saying, well, where on earth have they heard that from? And of course, <laughs> it's from us as the parents who are just not sure how they've got access to yeah. it. So we have to think about how we use the technology and let them absorb our behavior. Uh, and and this, it's very difficult, but we have to be consciously aware of that. 
Now, it does come back to the old saying that I used to hear in school that kind of, uh, it, it was kind of, we kind of stopped hearing the same, that sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. We need to always remember this saying as it does even kind of uh, be adequate online as well. Words shouldn't hurt you. They do hurt, but they shouldn't hurt you. And you should remember, ladies and gentlemen, that words do hurt, but they can mean nothing as well. Yes. Thank you so much, so Barry. True. Thank you so much, Barry Lee Cummings, for joining us today and giving parents, children, and even every adult out there a few tips mm. on what they can do to help become immune to cyberbullying. Mm. A lot of us tend to uh, focus a lot on COVID-19, but we tend to not necessarily take into consideration the impact that it's also had on us and on our mental health, especially when dealing with different children and also friends online. Thank you so much, Barry. Uh, I, I love today's topic and uh, I'm big against anti-bullying and hopefully soon we can overcome this problem as a collective as it's not one or two people that need to co uh, combat this problem. The whole world needs to do it. Uh, absolutely. Thank you very much for having Thank me you. on. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for lending us your ears for this hour. Future Talk is coming to an end, but we will be back same time, same place tomorrow from 2 to 3 p.m. Until then, we're going to be opening the airwaves for the Dream Team. Aisha Mazmi and Mikhail Atiyah will be coming in with Afternoon Karak, giving you the latest on what is happening in the entertainment industry. We'll see you next time. Yes, indeed. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.